Hello, everybody, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the Daily Journal's podcast about Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the SEC, and beyond. It has been a very long time. Uh, a lot of things have uh, have happened, but simultaneously nothing has happened because we've kind of had a sports break. But uh, my name is Michael Katz. I cover Ole Miss for the Daily Journal, and I'm here with uh, commercial dispatch sports editor Theo DeRosa, who covers Mississippi State for the Dispatch and the Daily Journal. Theo, uh, how are you doing? How, how's life in Starkville right now? I'm doing well. Uh, life in Starkville is quite rainy, quite wet, as you might expect from Mississippi in August. I think it's about to rain every single day up to and possibly during the season opener for Mississippi State on September 3rd. So we've got that to look forward to. Michael, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, it's uh, I, 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 you're from California, too. So you probably had the same thing here where like I never looked at weather forecasts um, when I lived in California and then having lived in Wyoming and now here uh it's 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 a little different having to deal with uh actually having weather i definitely looked at the weather forecasts but in sacramento in the summer all they show is 103 degrees no rain so maybe a little different where you're from yeah no that, that's true in la it was just smog advisories and uh you know forest fires which you guys had too i'll take um, that tornado warnings although we have yet to get a tornado since i've been here so maybe that was a yeah no we we had a a couple of legit warnings last year that was an experience everyone here was like oh it's not the big deal i I guess it's like probably like earthquakes for us where it's just like i don't really notice it anymore uh but you know different way of life different part of the country but we are we are so close to the season but simultaneously there's still so much going on I'm just curious, uh, you know, storylines in Mississippi State camp. What, what have you kind of been seeing? What's kind of been the talk uh, around the Bulldogs over, over the first few weeks of practice? I think the most recent talk, as it does seem to change every few days, is Rufus Harvey. He's a redshirt sophomore wide receiver from Starkville High School. So you guys might have watched him play in high school and pretty dominant for 6A ball. And now he's kind of showing out for the Bulldogs in spring practice, in fall practice, excuse me. Harvey had two touchdowns in the scrimmage on Saturday, almost had a third. He's been really impressive, and he really hasn't played all that much. He had five total catches last year after redshirting in 2020, only 39 yards and one touchdown. But uh, Leach really praised him on Saturday, and it seems like he's poised to take a big step this year. So right now, that's kind of what we're looking for with Mississippi State. Overall, their offense has kind of improved steadily over the past week after kind of struggling early on. The defense was definitely ahead of the offense, I would say, and that's kind of eroding and it's kind of getting back to even footing. I think if you're Mississippi State, you want it to be pretty equitable going into that season opener in two weeks. Obviously, with Mike Leach teams, everyone wants to talk about the quarterback, Will Rogers. Where's he kind of at? I I know you guys have talked to him a little bit. Um, You know, last year he was really productive, but, you know, Mike Leach never likes to uh, you know, stick with one guy, or sometimes he does and doesn't necessarily give the strongest commitments to guys. Where's Will Rogers? Uh, where's Will Rogers at? And, and I mean, is there any way that he is not taking all the snaps come, uh, you know, the first game? I don't think so. I think he's the locked in starting quarterback right now, just kind of default. Leach hasn't come out and said that, but Leach doesn't come out and say that. And the way that practices have gone, I mean, Rogers is the guy right now. And given how he performed last year, I think he deserves that. He did what Leach needed him to do. Sure, he's not always throwing deep down the field, but that's not what this system requires. Rodgers capably executed what MSU needed, and he's looked to do that so far again in the camp. I think he's been pretty capable about where he was last year uh, as far as on field and probably a little bit better, you know, locker room leadership type stuff. So he's heading into his junior season, and if he can take 
kind of that leap and make those big throws that he wasn't always making last year, look out for sure. I'm I'm a sicko, so I watch a lot of preseason stuff. I know Martin Emerson has been doing some really good stuff for the Browns. Obviously, there's other guys that you know the defense it doesn't have anymore. Well, what are the kind of the expectations for that defensive group? It was a really really it was a really good group last year. Um, are they expecting uh, it to be more of the same this year? I think so, and I think it could almost be even better. Sure, you've lost Emerson, you lost Aaron Brule, who transferred to Michigan State. That is about it as far as losses on the defense. The entire defensive line returns, that's Jaden Crumity, Cameron, Cameron Young, Randy Charlton, and they get Jordan Davis back from injury. He's probably their best pass rusher, so you'll see him a lot. Tyrus Sweet, Nathaniel Watson, Jet Johnson, all back at linebacker. And then Emmanuel Forbes returning at cornerback with a few new safeties. You've got Jackie Matthews, a West Virginia transfer in there. Colin Duncan returns, Jalen Green returns, and... Uh, I believe he's a sophomore now. Corey Ellington has looked really good from Holmes County Central. I think this defense can not only maintain what it did last year, but honestly can improve given the depth that they have. What's kind of been the vibe around Mike Leach? I mean, there's always some kind of vibe with him. Uh, Sometimes he gets a little bit off track, but what's he kind of been like? Has he been in good spirits? How's he kind of feeling uh, about this group? I don't don't know how ever like openly optimistic or, you know, praising he is about those sorts of things. But what, what have you kind of gathered from him? What are his kind of feeling? What's his feeling on this team? You're right. You know that there, he rarely is openly optimistic, but I would say he seemed pretty optimistic by Leachian standards after Saturday's scrimmage. He was pretty much saying, yeah, they've looked pretty ready and they look, they're playing harder. They seem ready to go. I think with the experience they have, like 80% of their production returns from last year, I think that's just a big factor, just having that experience. And I know it doesn't always make up for talent, but I think just, yeah, Leach does seem optimistic and I can kind of see why. Meanwhile, in, in Oxford, uh, we've had the same conversation since spring. We have yet to openly have a, a quarterback takeover for Matt Corral yet. Uh, that question was again asked. I think it's every Monday. It's the first question or the second question that gets asked. We get Lane Kiffin on Mondays and Fridays, and it's usually one of the first two. Uh, today, he informed us that uh, his son, Knox, has been FaceTiming him, asking him who the quarterback is going to be, and he said he doesn't have an answer for him yet either. Uh, so it, it he, Lane Kiffin says it's close between Jackson Dart, obviously the USC transfer, who is kind of one of the prize guys from uh, from the portal, and uh, you know Starkville's own Luke Altmeyer, who who came in last year uh, in the Sugar Bowl, and I think all things considered, kind of you know, did the best he could and made the best out of a really really tough situation. It's uh, you know we're it's like that time of year where everybody's tweeting out you know QB one and then posting a graphic like Central Florida, you know in a crazy world coming around is that John Rice Plumley was just named the starting quarterback at central Florida. Obviously Plumley is a, is, is a, is a very well liked, uh, you know, player in these parts and, and even Lane Kiffin even congratulated him today. Um, and we're getting all these announcements about quarterbacks around the country and uh, we have yet to get one here. So I, uh, I, I kind of understand where he's at. I don't really think it does them any good at this point to say it right now. Um, you know, like it's what's another few days, you know, maybe the team knows, maybe they don't, obviously he has said they don't, um, you know, who knows what that really means. Um, but you know, I think there is a part of me that really does believe that it's really, really close and that neither guy has 
it's not like either one is bad, but it, it's, I think it's, they're both, you know, 18, 19 year olds. Um, they're, they're sophomores who are not as polished as Matt Corral was. Uh, Matt Corral was a like generational guy. And I think people kind of took him for granted and it's just not like you're going to get one of these other guys in there and you're going to get the exact same thing. And um, I mean, Lane is, is, has kind of talked about that. Like, Hey, like we had a really rare guy last year and, and, you know, it's not like these guys aren't good, but they're not here. They, you know, that's, they're not there yet. And so it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, he did say that as of right now, he doesn't see like a co-starter uh, kind of situation for the opener. He said, you know, he'll cross that bridge, you know, if it comes to it, but uh, you know, just kind of looking at his track record, I, I think he, he tends to want to stick with, with one guy uh, for, and he, you know, it's not like the old Steve Spurrier switch every, uh, every series uh, in the fun and gun offense. So um, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I've always kind of been on the, the, the side that I think it ends up being Jackson dart, but you know, we aren't there all the time. We don't get to see everything and that's partly by design. But if, if we're looking at what we saw at the scrimmage, it was pretty clear uh, that Jackson dart was, was, he had the better day at the scrimmage we were at. We don't know what happened uh, last week. That one was closed. And, you know, we're, we're really only seeing the first part of practice now. So it's obviously a lot of stuff that happens behind closed doors. But, um, you know, and it's not like Dart's going to be given the job if he hasn't earned it. But, uh, you know, I've, I've always kind of been on the side that that's where, that's where it ends up being. I think he's got the upside. And, um, you know, he, he does some wow things. He'll do some head scratchers. But that's, you know, that's sophomore stuff. Uh, but yeah, ultimately I think it ends up being him, but, uh, I've never been wrong before. So let me just go on the record and say that. Um, so it could completely, uh, fall apart in my face, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it is interesting that, you know, it's, we all came in today and we were like, is this the day? Is this the day? And then we all looked at each other like, no, it's not going to be the day. And it wasn't. So, uh, yeah, it's that, that, I mean, that's all anybody can talk about here. You know, everybody's excited about, the running backs and all the transfer portal stuff. Uh, but everybody wants to know who's going to be the quarterback. And it's just, uh, it's, it's crazy that we're less than two weeks out and we still don't have a, you know, defined answer. You know, it was, you know, there's no, no questions last year. I'll say that. And this is kind of, you know, um, you know, I, I think it was probably a little bit more, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, was it a little bit more defined last year with state or was it an open kind of toss up between Will Rogers and, uh, I think it was marketed as a toss-up between Will Rogers and Chance Levertich, but based on the reps and the scrimmages in the fall, I think it was pretty clear it's going to be Rogers. You know, Leach didn't tip his hand down to the depth chart, naming them co-starters, even when you knew Rogers was going to play, and he did. I think it's a little less of that this year. I mean, it seems pretty clear that Will is the guy, but yeah, it's kind of tough when you really don't know when it is a true toss-up. And I also appear to think Dart's going to get the nod but you've been there more than I do and Lynn Kiffin knows more than either of us so we'll see yeah no it's it's like I think when when Jackson Dart committed it was and maybe that's probably on us for thinking it was a foregone conclusion that like oh obviously like he's the guy you don't just get Jackson Dart if he's not going to be your starting quarterback uh but you know this wasn't a situation where it was like Caleb Williams going to SC where he had started a lot of games and, and been really consistent you know, Dart obviously played for SC last year. I'm a USC grad. I watched a lot of those games. Uh, he had his ups and downs. He was not uh, he was not perfect. Um, 
And so, you know, it's, it's, that's probably partly on us for, for assuming that it was just going to be handed to him when that's, you know, clearly not the case. And, you know, credit to Luke Altmaier, he has made this difficult. Um, you know, it's, he has not gone out there and, and performed badly. He's done everything he has to do. And so, uh, you know, that's one of the things Kiffin said, you know, you can either be frustrated with it or you can say, hey, I've got two good options. It's a lot better than, you know, one being way better than the other because it probably means the other one's bad if that's the case. Um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating. And I think that, you know, if you look at the schedule, you never want to be like, Oh, they should start, you know, six and zero or five and one or whatever, but they should start five and one or, or six. No, uh, with the schedule lining up the way it does other than the game against Kentucky, uh, which I think is going to be an awesome game. I'm really excited for that one for, um, Will Levis. I still don't agree with him uh, putting mayo in his coffee. That's a bridge too far for me, but uh, he's a really good player. That's a really fun Kentucky team. Uh, But other than that, you know, Georgia Tech, that's, I don't think it's a trap game. I I just don't think they're very good yet. You know, it's on the road, obviously, so you never know. But uh, they've got time to figure things out. But I think they would like to know who the guy is, you know, sooner than later. But uh, you know, I know they're selling a lot of season tickets. Uh, the, the, people are excited about this team. Uh, you know, Lane, Lane Kiffin has a way of getting people interested in this program. And uh, with all the transfer portal guys, they've got a lot of talent. Um, but it's a lot of talent that we've never seen it all kind of work together. And so the first few games, I think, are going to be really interesting. Are we going to learn a ton about Ole Miss against Troy and like Central Arkansas? You know, probably not. Uh, but it's, 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 uh, you know, you never want to say things are like scope, you know, they're like scrimmages, but I think you can kind of test some things out and then see what works and see what doesn't, but, uh, it's going to be interesting. Does, uh, does state have a scrimmage this weekend? What's, what's it kind of looking like uh, for you guys? No. So their limit is two false scrimmages. So they've, they've held both of those. We don't really have any availability, no more open practices. We're just kind of waiting until game week stuff next week, and it sounds like that's going to be as normal. Leach will have a press conference on Monday, and I believe, you know, we'll have players and assistants Tuesday and Wednesday leading up to Saturday's game against Memphis. I think Mississippi State's non-conference is a little better than Ole Miss's. You have Memphis at home, a trip to Arizona, which is a Power 5 team on the road. However, probably the easiest Power 5 team to beat uh, with uh, Vanderbilt and Oregon State possible exceptions. Uh, I think you've got those two teams. Bowling Green comes in two weeks later, and then East Tennessee State is the cupcake week game in November. So I think they can conceivably win all four of those games. However, the LSU road game to open SEC play is actually week three. So that's in between Arizona and Bowling Green. I really can see Mississippi State starting 4-0. I actually predicted them to start 4-0, heading into a brutal October stretch of Texas A&M. Arkansas, Kentucky, and Alabama in a row. Then a bye week, much needed bye week at that point. Then Auburn and Georgia. Then they get East Tennessee State before the April. Has it been, is it too early to have already started talking about the Memphis game from last year? Because I remember that whole thing uh, going down. Has that been brought up yet? Or is that is that a, is that something you guys will probably chat with Mike Leach about next week? I don't know if Leach is going to give us anything, but uh, the players have kind of said, yeah, there's a little motivation, but they're not like, out to get them exactly. And I think Mississippi State should be good enough to not even let it be a close game. I mean, I think the line is something like 16, 19 points, and I could see it being around two touchdowns even more if Leach and Mississippi State really want to put up the points. 
they have the talent and they're at home and there is a little bit of a revenge factor. So yeah, I think it's a good, a fair point, but I think MSU is going to handle that. You know, these next uh, less than two weeks, what are you kind of looking for? Is there anything you've got your eye on? Not really. Uh, I'll be interested to see how the defense performs, especially in that first week. Uh, We won't really have much access until then, but just seeing if the defense really is as good as it has seemed at times in fall camp, or if it is still still susceptible to some of the big plays that really hurt them last year. Because you do lose Emerson, a guy who teams just really didn't throw at. DeCamrion Richardson is the guy replacing him, but you don't know if he's going to be to that caliber, to that caliber or really capable. You saw him in one game last year mostly, but that's a big role to fill, you know, starting SEC corner. You've got some new guys in the secondary. Like you, you mentioned, maybe they don't really mesh in well just yet, although they were here in the spring and had some experience. Just seeing if that secondary is, you know, able to keep those big plays in check and if the run defense is as good as it was last year. They shut down teams like Kentucky in the run game. Even Auburn, they limited pretty good. So if they're as good as they are, if they're as good this year as they were last year stopping the run, I think that'll – really help the pass defense and that will lead to overall what could be a top 20 top 30 national defense my last question for state is has as as, as mike luch had any uh you know weird tangents lately uh, i know he started talking about netflix and narcos at uh at media days have you, have you had any of that yet or has he been pretty uh has he been pretty focused so far he's saving it for the season of course uh no he's been pretty focused the first media session that we had with him, he answered like 30 questions in about 10 minutes. So he did not seem particularly keen on talking to us, which does happen. The last couple of times he's been, you know, a little more engaged and uh, given a little more insight. But no tangents that I've remembered lately. I guess he's saving it for some of those game week press conferences. That's usually when you see him talking about whatever the heck he wants to talk about that week. No, he, he's, he's got something in store. Meanwhile, we're just... Uh... I'm eagerly awaiting a, a graphic to be tweeted about QB1 or uh, anything about Juice Kiffin, Lane Kiffin's dog, who's uh, the most famous dog in Oxford, who comes to practice sometimes. It's incredible. Juice is going to break the quarterback news before any of you guys. You know what? I would not be surprised if Juice tweets it out. I got to turn on my alerts for Juice. He did get reprimanded for a tweet, though, uh, a couple of weeks ago. He had some uh, some bulletin board material. Um, in the after that. he literally was put in the doghouse so i i think he's I, I think he's learned his lesson but uh as always thank you guys for listening uh you can find us uh, on twitter d journal sports and you can also go to uh, our main facebook page daily journal and find our our old miss and mississippi state uh facebook groups theo why don't you uh you plug yourself in there and then uh you can uh you can let people know how to find you Yeah, absolutely. So you can find this as well at cdispatch.com or on my own Twitter page at Theo, T-H-E-O, underscore DeRosa, D-E-R-O-S-A, or the Commercial Dispatch Facebook page. Thanks again, Michael, for having me on today. Absolutely. And thank you guys for listening.